back to our 15th episode of the Launcher Farm Show, where I interview Dustin Pritchard with Dustin Pritchard Real Estate Team at EXP Realty. Dustin shares how he took what he learned from running his own brokerage and how he applied it to starting a digital farm to grow his team and his real estate business. In this episode, Dustin and I talk about how to build the right brand for the right audience to get your message in front of the right people. Dustin shares why finding your target audience can be the biggest thing you can do to grow your business and how you implement that into your own business. We also talk about what you should be doing on social media to get your message in front of the right people. Dustin also shares a super easy way to increase your net profits every year with a super simple trick. And we talk about how to build your systems and marketing message to enhance your skills and strengths so that you can stay in love with this business and thrive. Plus, we share a ton of other ideas that you can use to grow your farm online. So be sure to check out this episode, like and subscribe, and enjoy the episode with Dustin. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Launcher Farm Show. Today, we've got a great guest for you. It's Dustin Pritchard from the Dustin Pritchard Real Estate Team. So Dustin, take a second, tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about your business. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Ryan. Uh, it's a great pleasure. My name's Dustin Pritchard again, Dustin Pritchard Real Estate Team. Uh, been in the industry for about ten years now, and uh, one of the uh, one of the reasons why I got into uh, real estate is because I've run sales teams for the last twenty years. Real estate is one of my it was one of my hobbies. I was fixing and flipping houses, uh, and uh, I also wanted to rebuild a sales team, but around a high ticket item. So I got into real estate uh, specifically to build a real business around my license so that I can achieve the freedom that we all desire to achieve in our business. Awesome. Yeah. And a lot of people get into the business. I've, I've talked to different people and have kind of different avenues and why they got into it and, and what brought them to it. What was it that, that drew you to real estate specifically? <laughs> Well, we were in the middle of a flip. Uh, I was flipping a house and uh, uh, at the time everything was under construction. So I was tucked away in the basement with my computer uh, and, uh, and my, my wife, she's like, uh, you spend so much time on Realtor.ca, you better get your license to be able to get paid for spending all that time on Realtor.ca. So I was like, okay, that totally makes sense because we're fixing flipping houses. And I was quite frankly, I was tired of paying somebody else a commission when I ended up doing half the work anyway. So, uh, I got my license. <laughs> That's kind of where it started. So you didn't have a good agent. So we'll, we'll start with that then. Cause obviously if you had a good agent, they'd be doing the work for you. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, good agents, good agents, just not the level of uh, hustle that I was looking for. Right. Yeah. Cause when you're fixing and flipping houses, uh, uh, you make all your money when you buy and everything else is pretty much a fixed cost. Um, but it's, um, you know, at, when you're trying to exit that property and you're trying to execute on that sale, it's critical to, get it done fairly quickly so that your operational overhead and your, and your running costs don't eat you alive and take all your profits away. So yeah. uh, my big thing was really just about uh, uh, getting the home sold within a reasonable amount of time and, and pursuing every single opportunity, every lead that comes in uh, and making a deal work. Right. So yeah. I didn't have a, I, I had a good experience. I just didn't have great experience. And it yeah. certainly wasn't as profitable as it could have been. So let's talk about you kind of sh you shifted gears. You went and started as a single agent, I'm assuming, and then you you started your own company. So let's let's talk about that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, no, I, I was a single agent for about a year, joined a boutique brand. Uh, the guy had billboards all over the city, so I'm like, well, the guy knows what he's talking about. So I, <laughs> I joined him, uh, and it turns out that I learned more about what not to do than what yes. to do. You know, it's, it just is what it is. And uh, so the, for, the, for the first year, I was just grinding out sales, but I knew that I wanted to build a business because that's who I am like building a building an operation is uh, is something that I've always done I'm an entrepreneur at heart 
heart and a serial entrepreneur, as a matter of fact. Uh, so I was a year in the business, decided to partner up uh, with a gentleman from the office. And at that point in time, we started our own company and we grew up from scratch, from absolute nothing, no brand or anything like that. And we, and we grew it to uh, $300 million in sales, actually, as my last, uh, as my last year as CEO. That was where we got to. We got to $300 million in gross sales uh, with 63 agents. So you transitioned out, we won't get into the details of it, but you, you restarted, you restarted a new business, kind of restarted a new brand. Let, let's talk about that because I think that's really what's important about we're going to be talking about farming and, and what that looks like for you guys. Well, it certainly is applicable. That's for sure. Because, uh, yeah. And, and yeah, you're, you're right. It's, uh, so talk about the transition business partnerships, they tend to fall apart and they tend to evolve. Right. And that's exactly what happened. So we evolved into different directions. And so I decided, you know, I was going to sell my shares and, you know, you take the company, I'm going to restart my team in a different environment and, uh, and really take advantage of big disruptions that are happening in the marketplace right now and things like that. So I started uh, January 1st of this year from zero. So when, (laughs) I don't know if you, some of you watching right now, if you know this, but if you're in a partnership and you're in a corporation, you usually have non-solicit, non-competes and all kinds of stuff. So I needed to, I effectively needed to get released from all of that. Um, But that also meant that I started from zero. I didn't have a list. I didn't have a name, no brand. I didn't have agents. I certainly didn't have signs on the lawn. And and one of the things that was actually uh, uh, shocking was that because I was CEO of the company, I was behind the scenes for probably five or six years. So I wasn't actually in the forefront. The consumer didn't know who I was anymore. So I literally started from nothing like a double scratch from a double scratch it was just like nothing nothing it was just me and my knowledge right and my enthusiasm and my energy so uh went to work january 1st and uh and and now yeah we're uh we're rocking and rolling the team is doing fantastic we've got uh seven guys on the team got three more onboarding this week uh we're hitting around a 10 10 to 12 deal a month average right now we're projecting to hit probably close to 300 deals next year uh, on the momentum that we're hitting right now. So uh, yes. So a lot of that, which we've talked about is for you has been farming and focusing on your specific neighborhood. I want to kind of delve into that, but before we do, I want to talk about why it's important for people to understand that farming isn't, doesn't have to be this long-term thing. And, and I, I talk about it all the time where agents have heard in the past that it's takes six to 18 months before you start getting results. And when you do it right and you, you do it well, it's actually one of the quickest and the best ways to start getting business. And obviously you're living proof of that in January, you, you started really applying your strategies and, and, and putting them into your business and you're seeing the results of it. So what did it look like for you guys when you, when you hit the ground running, what kind of things did you start with? Well, okay. Just to give you kind of an example of basically I've been able to rebuild a, an entire team. That's a, a quarter million dollar year profitable team in the space of six months. And I did it all with, well, not all, all, but multiple was actually with farming, to be honest with you. So um, one of the first things that I did was I identified, uh, uh, is, let, let me just give you from the perspective of a team leader, right? Because that's, that's kind of where I come from. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure that I was able to build a business that I didn't get trapped in again. I didn't want to build myself a job that I felt like I was in jail. Uh, so my lifestyle that I wanted, the business that I wanted to deliver that lifestyle I had to be, you know, proactively thinking about that in advance before I actually built any of the infrastructure. Um, because if you don't do it that way, if you build it, you know, oh, I've got a great idea, and then you build a business, then you end up trapped by your business. Um, 
because it's not built with purpose, right? So the first thing was to understand where I want to end up. Uh, and this is relevant to farming because how you actually uh, go about doing it and executing on your plan is going to determine where you want to end up. So the second thing I, that I did was uh, I, I needed to solve problems. Uh, and because I'm a team leader, my clients are not the buyers and sellers so much as my clients are the realtors that service those buyers and sellers. So we need to figure out what problems the realtors had today that I could solve as a team leader so that I can take some of the load off their shoulders uh, and help them thrive and grow inside uh, the business. So those are the two first steps. But then I needed to figure out Okay, so we've got the brand, we've got the message, we've got the operational infrastructure, we know what we want to do, we know where we want to end up. Yeah. I had to determine what was the fastest way to go uh, as far as getting our message out there, aka, what was I going to farm? How was I going to farm? How was I going to get my message out there on a consistent basis to get my, myself a maximum result with the lowest return on, or the highest return on time for the lowest you know, amount of money going into the business? And uh, for me, it was social media, 100%. My very first step was social media. Um, a, lot, a lot of realtors, because uh, I talked about this to another uh, realtor, he's like, oh, it, that's not farming. I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah, he's it like, is. this is farming on social media. I'm like, it's farming, yeah. 100% it's farming, right? Anytime that you get a group of people together, they're a farm, right? Yeah. They're congregating, right? So yeah. anytime you get people together, right? You know this, and, and uh, you preach this. You know, preach exactly. the right now. <laughs> You're like the guru of farming. Um, and so a farm is just a group of people. So I need to figure out how to reach the biggest group of people of my target market that I possibly could. And for me, that was both the consumer and agents. So social media was the easiest way to go about doing that. Yeah, I think going back to what you started with is the kind of pre-planning and thinking ahead is critical. And I find that many agents want to skip ahead and it's great. They got high D personalities and they want to get things done. The problem is they skip over that plan and they skip over some of those important steps that are really critical to going, okay, where do I want to end up and not just what I need to do now. And that's why, in my opinion, planning out the right farm, picking the right farm, choosing the right audience, choosing your messaging upfront is, is more important than, than just going out and getting it done. You need to do both, but it, yeah, plan, planning is critical. Got to take action. Absolutely. But yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to maximize the results, you can't throw crap against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Right? And that is a strategy and it is a fact. <laughs> when it does work, you're going to turn out some sales. Yeah. But you will end up arbitrarily in some kind of destination that may not be to your design or your liking. And the last thing you want to be, like this business is tough enough for you to hate your job. Yeah. Right? So you might as well love what you do. Yeah. That includes the price point you're dealing with, the neighborhoods you're dealing with, the demographics you're dealing with, right? The cultures you're dealing with, the yeah. niches you're dealing with, those are all farms, right? Yeah. So you really need to design your business the way you want to uh, live your life. Yeah. And having the right message is, is critical for that. And I'm going to delve into that with, with the social media because I, sure. I've said it many times with agents that the same, it's the same cost to, to get a, a crappy message in front of someone is the right message. The same cost to send a crappy postcard is the one with the right message on it. The same time and energy to door knock with the right approach is the same time and energy is with the wrong approach. And a lot of agents get hung up on, if I just do stuff, then it's good. And it's like, yes, there's a, there's something to be said about just getting into motion, but having the right message, the right approach, the right audience is critical. So for you, you said you, you took that planning. What did it look like for you from the consumer side? And then let's talk about the, the agent side as well. Like when you were kind of trying to find that ideal. Well, it's kind of both, right? Okay. So uh, one of the, uh, sort of, um, because the message you're putting out to the consumer is also going to attract the kinds of agents that are going to resonate with that 
the message going to the consumer, right? So yeah. it's, it's all full circle. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I did want to do is I wanted to maximize my return on time for myself. and for Yes. So um, right now, the average price point of my primary operating territory is about 460000 give or take. That's the average. Yeah. My average is six twenty. And it's not bragging. I'm just saying yeah. that if you're going to sell a home, it's the same amount of time, effort, and money invested into selling a home, uh, primarily, mostly, uh, for $200,000 compared to $600,000, right? But one pays you three times as much. So obviously, I want to get the highest return on time. So I, I investigated neighborhoods and niches in my area um, that had really, really high turnover, yep. but also at a very, very high price. So I, I focused on those neighborhoods. I focused uh, uh, my advertising, marketing messages and things like that towards that demographic. Um, and now the results are starting. And I'm only like, it's, uh, it's September, end of September now. And uh, I started January 1st. So that's, that, that gives you a kind of a perspective of how fast you can yeah. move. That's one of the reasons why I chose social media as well. Because yeah. the need factor alone, um, I didn't have to wait for postcards to sit there. I didn't have to wait for yeah. to sit there and stuff like that so I could get the message out there repeatedly. Um, but really, it was uh, researching researching um, who was going to and what was going to give me the best return on my investment of time and money into my team and who was also what kind of demographic was going to attract the realtors that I really want to do business with. Right. Yeah. So what did that look like for you when you got started then? Because I find a lot of agents struggle with that initial launch. Sometimes going backwards, agents get hung up in spending too much time researching too much time in that analysis paralysis. When you decide to pull the trigger, what was that? What was those first steps for you? Uh, the, it was a two pronged approach. So, uh, from, and again, from a team perspective, but you can translate this into an agent perspective, even if you're a brand new agent. Um, one was brand. And the other one was leads. Simple, right? So uh, I wanted to make sure my branding was out there and I wanted to make sure that I was generating enough leads for myself and my team. Um, Both of those are two separate messages that went out there. One was a a high brand message, like a deep print brand, doesn't put your real estate team brand, like sexy polished and it's obvious that they're a real estate team. And then the other one was a low brand, which is basically just delivering value to my consumer the way they wanted to receive it in order for me to generate enough leads to be able to feed my team. But both of those things fit together. So the brand that I chose, it's gold and white, and it's got the mask background. It's a high-end kind of a brand look and feel to it, uh, specifically because I wanted to serve people that were, I wouldn't call it a, a not a budget, above average demographic, but certainly above average price. Right. I wanted to be able to, I wanted people in a six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar home say, you know what, that sign looks good out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, cause that's really going to resonate with the rest of the neighborhood, especially when you put that sold on top. And then the, the leads that I was generating, I was specifically looking for, uh, uh, I was generating leads specifically for the people that I wanted to serve. Yeah. So it was a two pronged approach. One was brand and one was low brand. Um, but what I hit the market as, as hard as I possibly could right out of the gate. Um, actually I had to wait until the end of the pandemic, but, uh, <laughs> as soon as that lifted and we lifted our restrictions, right. we were able to go out there and go crazy with it. So it was a two-pronged approach, brand and low-brand approach. And one of the things I talk about all the time is you can double your business by only getting 10% better. And a lot of people think that if they want to hit those maximum goals, they got to do twice the business. And it's, I say there's seven steps that you can, you can just get better at 10% at how many people you talk to, how many appointments you go to, how many, or how many con- leads you convert, how many leads you get, uh, how many appointments you go on 
how the price point you charge, the commission you charge, and I forget what the last one is. And it's like if you get ten, you only get ten percent in each one of those because of the compound effect. You can literally double your business. And for you, one of those is you said you went to a higher price point, which right. makes a huge difference because you can get more money for less time. And you specifically were targeting that audience, and you knew what you wanted, and it, it's translating to more money. Pretty much, pretty much. There was also another segment of our brand too that is not, you know, in your face to the consumer, but it, it kind of is. Um, it's uh, it's value. Yeah. It was delivery of value. It was. Uh, I like to go the opposite direction of the crowd because it's typically easier for you to carve out market share when you're doing that. When everybody is following the, you know, like sheep following the leader, going in one direction, I usually try to go up straight a little bit. Yep. Um, and it's uh, it's worked for me extremely well in the past. So in my market in the area, you know, it, it everybody was six points, everybody was six percent, and uh, charging that religiously, uh, and then it slowly went, uh, you know, down to three, three and a half. And I'm not talking averages, and I'm not talking about recommendations. I'm not talking yep. about this is what everybody does or anything like that. I'm just saying that we were I was seeing lots of high price point uh, commission structures, and they were going lower and lower and lower. Mm-hmm. Lower. So people were cutting their fees uh, and in turn, they were also cutting their value or they were working for free, which made it, you know, unfun for them. And they certainly, yeah. it, it just didn't, they weren't incentivized to deliver a really fantastic experience to the clients. Right. Yeah. So I went in the opposite direction. So yes, we will do listings for cheap. Okay. So yes, we can. If you're frugal, no problem. We got a package. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we were starting to go the opposite direction. So not yeah. only were we going up to the higher price point, we were also looking for ways that we can offer more value to the consumer that would justify us charging more and charging what we're worth. Now, this is again, a free exchange of value. This isn't about overcharging or anything like that. So yeah. For example, we'll have a, a package I call it a large property package where we charge an extra point for drone flybys and extra photos and, yep. and uh, a whole bunch of like we build a website for your property and your listing and all that kind of stuff. So we really go the extra mile for these extra value packages. But what we do is we build a plan with you as the consumer, you as the seller in mind, and we do this together. So mm-hmm. instead of saying, okay, I charge 5% because I'm worth it. No, it's not that. It's like, okay, so what is your end result that you want to achieve? How do you want to achieve it? What do you feel comfortable with? This is what marketing costs. This is, we break it all down so that the seller is, they got eyes wide open. They know exactly what's going and they built the plan with you at 18, right? So that's just an example. Okay. I'm, I'm just as an example of what we do as a team that elevates ourselves above not above, but you know, uh, provides more differentiate you and, and yeah. it's a differentiator. Yeah. But it yeah. also is a premium product, right? It's a premium service. And a lot of people on the marketplace, they want that experience. They want to have a premium experience. And here's the, here's the hidden benefit of that. We oftentimes get rid of our commission completely just because we're able to get more for people's homes. Right. So again, this is uh, this is all about branding and value and, and, establishing the value that you want to portray, establishing the value that you want to deliver to your consumer and laser, tar- again, back to message, right? Yeah. Laser targeting that message to the right consumer with exactly what they want to receive from a real estate team. Yeah. And I think too, what you mentioned is having two different brands. A lot of people, agents get hung up on that. I have to have this one brand and it can't, it has to be all things. And it's like, you know, you can build sub brands within it. You can have your discount brand if you want, or your, your high end, your luxury brand. You could have your farm brand. You could have the, the neighborhood brand and they can all work together. They could work separately and it's okay to have kind of just different messages, especially if you're going after different demographics and sociographics and, and areas. It's like, 
the luxury homes are not going to resonate with what what's being attracted to first-time buyers and, and vice versa. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Right. So like, uh, I, I agree with you. It's it, I just call them campaigns, right? Yeah. So you got, you got your big, you got your brand, like the print brand, right? So yeah. for example, and, uh, to translate, uh, uh, what you just said into farming a different kind of client, when I'm looking for realtors, I'll bring brand new baby realtors on board and I'll help them and I'll, and I'll, I'll coach them and help them launch and, and get them to their first dollar really, really fast. Actually, I'm really good at helping new realtors get to six figures in the first, you know, in the first 12 months, 18 months, right? Yeah. And that's like take home in your pocket kind of thing. So that's one demographic. But then I also have another demographic that I serve as well is I'm serving those realtors that have already made their first 100000 and they're looking for the second hundred, right? So how do you establish that? And that's and it's just different services and different uh, ways to approach that particular client with different levels of value and different, uh, just a different approach, right? So you would do the same thing as you know, first-time homebuyers over here, or luxury over there, or multifamily over there, or a certain neighborhood or a certain ethnic demographic. There's all kinds of different ways to approach it. And like as a team perspective, I have by the end of this, I'll have ten guys on my team, right? So ten people on my team literally 10 different ways to do this business yeah, exactly. 10 niches 10 different neighborhoods 10 different farms all of that right so you definitely need to be able to kind of duck and weave with you need to provide your consumer and that's one of the strategies i talk about is or one of the techniques i call is strategy stacking where you are layering in those strategies and it's it's when you have one strategy and that's your, you have a one trick pony it's like you're going to only do be able to do that and you're going to get from that what you can. And when you have different ways of doing the business for different audiences and this might work better here, this might work better over there. And from a team perspective, the more of those tools you have in your toolbox, the, the more you're going to be able to reach people as long as it's focused in the right direction. You don't want to spread yourself too thin where people have, they have all the different things and it's not working together. And that's in my opinion, the most critical part is they start working together. Well, you need to get a return on time. Right? Like if you're going to start yeah. a campaign, you need to return on that time and the money investment you're putting into it, right? And you can do it fast, especially using technology. The old yeah. school farming is a little bit slower or less, yeah. um, or, <laughs> or, you know, a lot more touches and repetition and things like that. And you've got to be yeah. so cheap about it. But uh, the new kind of farming, the online farming, like it's genius. It's, you can, you can actually put messages out there and stack the different value that your, your, or your different approaches or your campaigns, you can stack and, and you can test it out fast. You can split test your campaigns fast and get data back to be able to make your, your decisions to be able to move in the, whatever direction you need to move in. Right. So I want to delve into those, some of those strategies you have done and, and the online approach that you've taken. Cause for some people, online is this complete scary world. They have no idea what to do. Some people are, are doing it. Some people are kind of dip their toes in and they just tread lightly. I always say, if you're going to do online and do it well, you got to jump right in with both feet. You can't, you can't dabble online. So for you, you obviously jumped right in. What were those strategies that you, you jumped right into? What worked? What didn't work? Well, let me first speak to the imposter syndrome that you're talking about where a lot of people going into social media. I had it, dude. I had it. Like my first Facebook live, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what to say. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, and it can be really intimidating, but here's the really cool thing. And it's funny as hell is at the very beginning, when you're first starting with social media, your very first thing is you're afraid that everybody's yeah. going to see the stuff you put out there. You're going to make mistakes. They're going to judge you, think about you and all that kind of stuff. You know what the secret is though, is that no one actually sees you that after yeah. <laughs> a while, everybody's going to see me. And then after a while you're putting a bunch of content out there and it's like, no one's seeing me. Yeah. 
So it's, uh, yeah, jumping with both feet. You really have to hit a cadence with social media, just like farming, just like, you know, flyers and things like that. You need to have a cadence of offers going out to your consumers and your offer is simply the message, whatever your message happens to be to different people. Um, but you just have to uh, be consistently doing it every single day, week, or whatever your cadence happens to be. But yeah, that's uh, sorry. And you asked me a question. I totally got set. No, 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 that's cool. Uh, I was asking when you got started, what kind of approach did you take? And then what worked and what didn't work and what it looked like as you evolved? As far as the online social media stuff? Yeah. Um, well, the, the, I, I, I actually went with what I knew most and I went with Facebook because I've been on Facebook for over 10 years now and it was the first thing that I did in social media. Um, it's also, it's also turned itself into a platform that's really, really beautiful to be able to run your business. I actually run most of my team with Facebook, believe wow. it or not. Um, it's, it's such an easy tool to be able to use. Um, so I, I just lent, I just leaned into that, right? So yeah. created a couple of uh, pages, branded page, a low brand page so you can run your ads from and things like that for your, for your lead generation, your branded page to put your branded ads out there. Cause you need to run ads uh, yeah. to be able to build your business. You need, you know, brand recognition, you need advertising marketing. So uh, it, it depends on what you, what audience you want to reach and how you want to reach them and, and the message you use. But I use a branded page and a low brand page to be able to do that. That's my first strategy. And then I started uh, uh, rolling out the other social media platforms. So I've got LinkedIn, I've got Instagram as well. Um, not nearly as strong as Facebook uh, because that's where I started, right? So, you know, whatever you're strong in and depending on your age group, <laughs> you're going to be yeah. strong one or the other. And sh- I mean, shoot, there's TikTok now and stuff. And I don't, I haven't even gone on that damn site. <laughs> you, know, you know, everybody's doing all these TikTok videos and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm already old school. So I'm using Facebook. I feel ancient now, but uh, my first strategy was just to lean into what I was already good at, what I was familiar with. And then I start building from there. So one of the things I find that agents struggle with is what type of value do they add? What type of things can they promote? Cause I find agents get stuck in the, I have to promote a listing. I have to promote my space and that's it. And then they get hung up on what do I actually do that provides value to the client? Cause to me, that is where the biggest opportunity is, is figuring out what can you provide value to that agents aren't, do- that other agents aren't doing and not just a, I'm awesome. I sell homes, buy this home for me. So what kind of value do you got, do you add and, and how has that worked for you? Well, we call it infotaining, right? Uh, with what we do. So there's a number of different ways that I do it. I run, uh, run a podcast with my partner, Stacey Preer. Uh, we do, uh, I do like challenges and different events like that. Like I've just to give you an example, I'm running a challenge right now called Mass Momentum Challenge, and it helps realtors build a consistent six-figure income in the space of 30 days effort, right? That kind of thing. So uh, I, I just try to come up with different ways to offer value to my target audience. My primary target audience, again, is realtors, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I did in the book, actually, in the challenge here, let me skip to the resources. Is- While you're looking, I'm going to give a plug to myself because I was a guest on your on your challenge so i doing a workshop so if anyone wants to check it out let's do it oh i can't wait man that that uh i can't wait to share your workshop too because that was such valuable content that you shared man you are an expert in this that's for damn sure (laughs) so uh i actually wrote uh 133 live stream topic ideas it's in the challenge right so you just go to if you're interested, go to massmomentumchallenge.com and you can actually buy the book and you can get all the live stream ideas. But you got everything from first things first. Don't be bold. Okay. Don't don't <laughs> hey, coming soon. Just sold. Over asking. Looking to buy and sell. Don't 
like you can do that. You obviously want to do that. But the thing that I was always taught with social media is that you want, that's, you want to pepper your offers in with valuable content that's interesting to yeah. the consumer, right? So that's an, that's a direct sale offer. You only want to do that one out of every eight posts or six posts or something yeah. like that. Otherwise, you're going to lose your audience. You're, the only people that are going to like your stuff is other realtors, right? So, <laughs> and, and that's true. That's what happens, right? Yeah. So you got everything from top three things to get your home ready for the market, uh, how to make the most out of an open house, top five favorite local boutiques, uh, local parks, uh, information about schools. You get into seasonal stuff like Halloween and best neighborhoods to go and, and uh, to get trick or treat or uh, tons of stuff. Like you interview. One of the, my favorite ways to do it is actually what you and I are doing literally right now is co yeah. content. Yeah. Right? Interviewing for content is one of the most brilliant ways to create content because now you can just literally have a conversation, right? And you don't have to come up with a whole bunch of things to say. You just need bullet points of to guide you through a conversation. So if you're farming a neighborhood and i know i know right you talk about this man but you know farming a neighborhood go interview local businesses yeah i'm a huge huge promoter of that because it it does three things it it makes gets you in front of the businesses gets you in front of their audience and it supports the local community and when you start putting those together it magic starts happening triple threat dude like that is the probably if that's all you do, like I know a guy in town, uh, that's all he does. He just interviews yeah. businesses in his local area. He's like, Hey, we're going to eat at this restaurant today, or, or we're going over here and try that beer today. And, you know, or I, I needed my car fixed. So I'm going to go talk to this guy over here. And, and now he's just promoting those local businesses, but he, he just gets a lot of mind share and market share and he's not self-serving, even though it is the result you're getting from it is you're getting that, you're getting that, uh, you're getting the visibility. And you're also building authority for yourself in the marketplace, but you're really doing something really great for your community. And people like that. They love it. Right. And personally, I love entrepreneurs, right? So anytime that I can support a fellow entrepreneur is uh, I take it hundred percent. I call it selflessly selfish where you're selflessly helping people for a selfish reason. And they're happy about it. You're happy about it. It's a win-win for everybody. And, and when you can create that, that magic between the businesses, it's going to work. I was at a seminar before, just before COVID hit. And one of the guys was on there and they're in this small, small town in the middle of middle of America. And he's like, no one goes there unless you live there. Like no one, like there's no reason for people to go there. And they started doing videos and he just started interviewing local businesses and they do 400 deals a year. And he said, I think it was like 60 something percent of his businesses has come from just that market share. And he's like, we interview businesses. We just highlight what's going on in, in the community. And he said that just that traction creates a huge value for people. 100% because you're an expert and you're yeah. seeing it. You're, you're building authority, yeah. right? So like I'm doing this challenge, right? And it's all about building visibility and authority in your marketplace to get yeah. your dream customers literally walking through the door. So guys, if you're watching this right now and you haven't done farming before, if you want your dream customer, your dream customer that's already bought, like they've already sold on you as the value provider that you're going to and they and, and they're just like yep just take my money sign here press start i'm ready to sign contract when can yeah. you listen if you want that kind of stuff to come walking through your door you need to build authority in your yeah. marketplace they need to see you and they need to trust you right that you know what you're talking about so that example that you just gave was exactly that a ton of visibility a ton of authority and then you get all that walk-in traffic it's uh it's it's a brilliant combination brilliant combination. one of the themes that i've had after doing all these interviews that is a lot of the people that do public events, public things that are going on, things in their community, it starts with stuff that they like. 
And if you're, they said, if you, if you're a lot of agents have said, if you're doing stuff, you don't like, you're not going to do it. You're not going to want to do it. The passion is not going to come out. So they said, just start with something you like. If it's sports, get involved with sports, start think creatively. How can you do sports? If you like businesses, like I like businesses, get involved that way. If you're involved in your kid's school, start with the kid's school and just start with something that you're already passionate about or already involved in and use that as kind of your, your starting point. And you don't have to create this whole giant organization of stuff it's like just start with something you like and then and then roll with it can i take it one step further yeah yeah please it's uh it's not just that like i was interviewing chauncey fam the other day uh because she's a speaker she's just like you are in my challenge she's a guest speaker too. and we were talking about you inc you incorporated and you are enough the thing that you love to do the the person that you are the thing that makes you special the things that make you special yeah. that's the brand Right. So, for example, I got uh, I got a couple of ladies. They call themselves the property sisters. Right. And lovely ladies. Amazing, amazing, amazing ladies. And they are both incredibly passionate around animals. So what they've done is they've called themselves the property sisters because one, they're sisters. Two, they love animals. So every single deal that they do, they donate some uh, money to the SBCA. And now all of the animal lovers in the area, they all flock to those ladies. Right. And and that's all you need to do. So if you're let's say you're into uh, cars. Okay. I'm not into cars, but maybe you're into cars, right? And uh, if you get yourself into the car club, you get yourself in front of those people that also drive cars, that also drive the cars that you like, or the Jeep club, or whatever you want to call it. Like it's whatever your specialty is. Yeah. You don't need all of the market share. You just need a good portion of a small piece. And that's, again, that's niching, right? Yeah. It's the same thing as uh, 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 carving out a neighborhood. You can do the same thing in a, in a micro niche or a, a congregation of people, yeah. like car clubs, there's you know, dogs and cats and animals and things like that. For me, it's teams. Right? Yeah. So my sweet spot is teams and opportunity. Yeah. So I go after agents and I attract agents that want to build a business, want to have you know, a big opportunity, be able to build out an empire, want to make six figures and above. And I'm especially looking for the agents that want to make six figures passive income. That's what I'm looking for. So that's the kind of message that I put out there. That's the value that I put out there specifically yeah. to attract those kinds of people. Is whatever whoever you are, that's your specialty, yeah. right? You can lean right into that, and you can build out a huge farm around you. Yeah. As long as, and I'll take it a step further, is as long as you ask for the business and learn to ask for the business, because oh. I've seen that mistake happen so many times where people get out, they're involved, and no one knows they're in real estate. No one knows what they do. They're just they're out. It's like you still got to get the message message out there, and you still got to get people to know what you do, and you got to connect that way, because otherwise you're just you're doing some good stuff for the community, but it's like you still want to sell houses. That's wonderful, but it's called sell houses. Yeah. You're in the- <laughs> so unfortunately, I know a lot of people like to call themselves consultants and, and, and things like that. And that's great. You know, that's that's how you want to perceive yourself and that's how you want to put yourself out there in the community. But if you're not asking for the sale, you ain't making any money. Yeah. Well, uh, one of my first guests, Beth Sandberg, I loved her script. She talked about, uh, she said people will call. And she'll pretend that it's a client, even though it's her, her daughter or whatever. She's like, sorry, I'm and she just pretend. So that she's like, when she's around people, they hear that she's in real estate. She's like, eh, my kids know that when they call that I'm going to pretend like I'm, oh yeah, I got to book that showing for you tonight. Remember? And she's like, and then people ask. So it's like, you got to be creative. The line at the, and you're, or yeah. you're gas station or whatever. Not gas station because you're not allowed to do that. But the grocery line, right? It's like, yeah, yeah that's perfect. Shit, I, I've even known people to pick up the phone and pretend that there's a call coming in. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm totally going to be there in a few minutes. I'm just grabbing some groceries and I'm, I'm, I'll be there for your listing appointment. I can't wait to list your home. Yeah. You're going to make so much money. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun. So for you, 
online, you've, you've done a different bunch of strategies. What has been your biggest hit? And like, what has been, because you said about doing it to leverage your time, what has given you the most amount of time is, that's been effective for your agents. Does that make sense? Yes, uh, but it's a hard question to answer. Um, <laughs> because when you're running a team and, a, and uh, multiple people, there's many moving parts, right? Mm-hmm. Like a real estate business, any, any, any single agent, there's a lot of moving parts. But what worked best, all of them together. Yeah. That's what worked best, right? And, and I, can't, I can't really say like, okay, my lead gen campaign that worked best or my branded campaign worked best or my remarketing campaign so everybody hit my website, now I'm chasing their butts around the internet for six months. Yeah. That campaign's worked, but it all works together, right? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of hard. Um, I've got people that are niching out. They're going into certain demographics and ethnic de- demographics and I've got people that are hitting certain neighborhoods and, and this is all farming, but... As a band, as a team, they all help each other, you know, become more visible and create more authority. So from my perspective as a team leader, it was all of it, um, but it was all of it together. It, it, think of it this way. Like I, uh, I always teach my agents, you need a well-rounded campaign. You need, you need a campaign that's online. You need it on social media. You need to have a website for people to land and convert, uh, but you also need a physical presence out in the field. You need a community presence. You need a physical presence in your neighborhood. So it's, it's all of together that yeah. an unstoppable force because they'll get your flyer or they'll see your social media posts and then like, Oh, I see you everywhere. And, and, and that's what you want. Yeah. Right? Because they are everywhere in their daily life and online and offline. They need to see you. And if they see you in five or six or seven places, you know, multiple times during the month, you're now top of mind. And they're thinking, yeah. they're thinking you. So it's, it's all of it. Yeah. that's the strategy stacking that's the whole purpose of it is to, to hit them in, in different ways to catch as many people in different possibilities either doubling up so people are seeing it multiple times or catching people that would have fallen through the cracks that aren't on facebook so if you're just doing facebook ads you're not going to catch those people so having those different strategies really compounds itself yes, it does and let me answer your question directly so the branded campaign that i do the campaigns that i do is yeah. more expensive okay? yes they're way more expensive. The branded campaigns are more expensive, yeah. but they're also uh, the the people that come in through those branded campaigns. They want to do business with us right away. Yeah, right. But it's also the easiest business. Yes. The cheapest business is also the hardest to convert, which is lead generation. So we yeah. get the lead coming in. We got ton. I, I my team like they're they're like Dustin is like a fire hose. Like stop the lead or turn yeah. it down. Can you turn it down? I'm like good. Yeah. <laughs> those leads, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't. I don't turn down leads. Um, we just get better at converting them and I'm hiring an ISA to be able to take on the load, right? Because yeah. we have so many leads coming in now, like that bury the team on your leads. Uh, but that's also the highest uh, amount of effort. Yes. Right? And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the highest amount, it's the cheapest, but it's the highest amount of effort. So if I've got two different components and they both fit really well together, but you kind of need both. Because if I was just doing the branded stuff, I wouldn't do enough business. At least put out of the gate because I'm still a newer team. But if I just relied on the lead gen, then no one would know who I was. Yeah, exactly. So now you got you, you got to have both. Yeah, and that's one of the things I talk about in the course is the time versus money versus energy, and it's gonna it's gonna cost you one or all of the three, and you have to decide what you're willing to commit to. It's how much time you want to put in, how much money, and how much energy. Some of them can, it can be super cheap, but then it's a lot of time and energy because you like you said you're gonna convert those leads and it takes a lot of time. Some of it it's like someone says I'll 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 drop a crap load of money and I don't want to have to lift a finger and the leads just show up and it's like book I got an appointment booked. Well, it's gonna cost you more money 
and but a lot less of your time. So it really depends on how much of the, and then the balance that you want to have in that. Well, I teach my team this. It's like when you don't have any money, you spend your time. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any time, you spend your money. Yeah. So that's it. Right. And you'll go on a curve. You'll just, you'll go from one way to the other. You'll start off. If you're a brand new baby realtor, you start off with all the time in the world and absolutely no money. So you spend your time, yeah. right? You grind out the door knocking, you do the flyers, you hand it out, out, like you do the social media manually, you do everything yourself, right? Yeah. You spend a ton of time to start converting into the business. And then when you start getting so busy, you're like, Oh my God, I'm drowning because I'm losing business because I don't have enough time. That's when you spend money because that's when you start leveraging you know, dollars and your ads to get, start carving your time back or be able to do more deals in last time. Right. Yep. Exactly. So, so I want to dive in before we wrap up, I want to talk about teams specifically, because I know that's one of the things you're passionate about. So if someone is growing a team from a team leader perspective, okay. what would you recommend for them as far as farming goes for their own team, for the agents on their team? Cause I've, I've had different agents talk to me about it where they say they divvy up and they say, you have this area, you have that area, you have this area. I know some teams will do it where it's like, we're all working the same area. Like what would you suggest to teams who are as a team leader, if they're running a team and they want to get their team into farming? Depends on your style, depends <laughs> on who you are as a leader. No, no, no. It really depends on yeah. who you are as a leader and yeah. what you've already invested in, in the past. Yeah. So for example, if you're a team leader and you're already in farming, it kind of makes sense for you to uh, get your people involved with the farming strategy that you're building bigger farm it's already established yeah. it's already there just carve out bigger circles right um if you're if you're a brand new team leader um i'll tell you the why i do it uh one of the things that i like to do is i really like to look at each individual's strengths and weaknesses um and everybody is so unique yeah. uh, that if you're able to fan the flames of their of their strengths and support them in their weaknesses, then they can thrive, survive, thrive, and just go crazy, right? And I and I I, I do the same thing with farming. So for each one individually. So if I've got somebody on my team that is uh, uh, that has a, a cultural advantage, right? I'm a tall, bald, white dude in Canada, right? So there's nothing like there's a lot of us out there. So it's nothing really differentiating us or me from or maybe. Yeah. I, us <laughs> uh, from from uh, other people. So if you've got an ethnic advantage, yeah. then I suggest that you use that. Like I, I had somebody on my team last year who was in the Spanish niche and she was putting all kinds of events together and she ran uh, what's called Fiesta London and it's just a big deal, right? Yeah. And, uh, and at the time when she first started with me, she wasn't really spending a lot of time in her niche. She was yeah. doing all this stuff because she loved her culture. But it, the call to action as far as the uh, how it was attached to the real estate side of things, it just wasn't as, it wasn't there. It wasn't strong. Yeah. And then she started doing it. And then all of a sudden, every single deal she did, it was a Spanish deal, right? And she was going from, you know, from a, a very sporadic income and sales process to like a very consistent flow of business coming right to her. Yeah. So everybody's got their own specialties, their own strengths and weaknesses, right? Yeah. So uh, for, for me, I, I, I like to really, I like to look at each individual. Yeah. I, I err in the same in that direction because I think I, you're, they're either not going to perform as well as they, as they could. If you're trying to do a, like a blanket to everyone where they're saying, okay, so we're all doing the exact same thing. The other thing is then people, because they're not thriving, then they're going to, they're either going to get out of it or they're going to be resentful and they're not going to enjoy it. And like, you know, from leading people, if they're not happy where they're at, 
they're not going to do good. They're, they're not going to be happy. It's going to be toxic to the team. So creating an environment where everyone has to do the exact same thing, everyone has to do it my way, the highway, in my opinion, doesn't really create a, a healthy environment for a team. And when people feel that, the, especially when they're self-employed, when they feel that they're, they're leveraging themselves and providing value, they're going to, they're going to provide more to the team as a whole. Yeah. Well, from a team leader perspective, you want good attrition, not bad attrition. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving your team. You want people yeah. promoting themselves and working with you and growing inside your team environment. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, it, I call them kings and queens and dictators. And uh, it's not my style. It's not how I like to operate. And yeah. uh, it's too easy for individuals to fall through the cracks. It's too easy for people to feel marginalized and uh, uh, or take advantage of or unappreciated or unheard. And yeah. I really don't like that kind of team environment for myself. So that's, I don't lead that way. And I don't, I don't say, okay, I, I've carved out this neighborhood. So you need to as well, because they might not actually be a really good fit for that demographic, yeah. right? I'll give you an example. I got a guy joining my team. He's coming from up north and he's coming from a small town that's full of manufacturing, is full of blue collar workers, right? Yeah. Said, Where should I move to? I said, and I said, well, St. Thomas. You should hit St. Thomas. That's just outside of London. It's full of manufacturing. It's full of auto auto, yeah. auto industry and a ton of industry out there. And it's, and it's, he speaks to that audience. They, yeah. they, drive. they, they, yeah. they work together. They speak the same language, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, I said, you need to go where your people are because that's who you're going to best serve and that's how who's going to have a great experience with you, right? So, no, if I've got a if I got a shishi realtor that comes on board my team, I'm like, oh, I don't want you to go door knocking on the East End like in your high heels and jewelry. That's not going to work either, right? Yeah. So it's really just about leaning into their strengths. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and I think, like I said, they're going to enjoy it more. You're going to get more out of them. They're going to stick around longer. And in the end, that's really what matters is that they're, they're happy and they're, they're staying there. Cause if you're blowing through people, it's costing you money and it's costing you time. And just cause you, you're trying to be a dictator and say, it's my way of the highway. I, I've always said, since I started, had I joined a team that was cold calling, this is the way we do it. I'm like, I would have left the business 12 years ago and never survived. It's I would worked on a team when I got started. That was very, we had systems and tools that we used, but then he's like, he let me kind of find my own way and figure things out. And that was valuable to me. And that's how I ended up getting into farming. Cause I was like, I like to, to figure out what works and that's kind of what sent me down that path. So Absolutely. yeah, it's, it's important. So if you had to give someone advice, a single agent or, or a team, any last words of advice that you'd have for farming for any of them? Yeah, sure. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> check out the uh, check out the challenge which is yeah you can check out the challenge uh it's actually happening um it actually in the middle of it yeah we're in the middle of it like you're we're look we're actually launching this episode right now uh, towards the end of the challenge but uh you'd actually be able to take it uh over and over again as many times as you want um I'm, I'm creating it in such a way that you can do this on the start of the month every month it's just started on a monday so just go to massive momentum challenge.com and you can check it out there uh that's it's literally a day by day, step by step, paint by numbers on how to gain visibility and authority in your marketplace. It's essentially, and we talk about farming a lot yeah. in the in the in the uh, in the uh, event. And Ryan's a guest speaker, so obviously he's bringing a lot of value to the table there for our audience as well. So you learn a lot about farming. But essentially, what I'm doing is just it's helping you build a business around you, who you are, and how you like to deliver your value. And it, it, you can call all of it farming, honestly. Yeah every single bit of it. 
So that's that's the first thing. And if you're a team leader and you're interested in building out a team or you're interested in learning how to farm as a team and, and you just want to have a chat, just give me a call. Just give me a call or DM me. Uh, Dustin, Dustin at com is my, email, uh, my website. You can go to my uh, Facebook. It's uh, Dustin Pritchard Real Estate Team. Pretty easy to get a hold of. Awesome. And we've got a section that we started was called your best book. So what's one book that was made a big difference impact on you and uh, what would you want to share with our audience? This Selflessly book. selfish. Go for it. <laughs> no, no, it's not, you know what, this is, I would say that as far as a book, this is probably the most satisfying because mm-hmm. I wrote, uh, and I built it around 20 years of experience. It's, it's, uh, it's just step one of a multi-step process to really yeah. be able to translate, you know, my experiences, what I've learned, uh, and, and help me help you and help other people in this industry. Cause it's really at the end of the day, once, once you're already successful and you're making the money you want to make what you know, why do you get out of bed in the morning? And for me, it's just, you know, helping people as much yeah. as I can in this industry. Cause this industry is the by far hands down, the very best job I've ever had is the best career I've had. It's the best business I've ever had. Yeah. And it's the best opportunity for, anybody i don't care who you are demographic experience level you know orientation it doesn't really matter you can make this business into whatever you want it to be you can build an empire you can build a six-figure income you can have freedom in your life you can if you apply the right steps and the right methodology so that's you know it's the most fulfilling book that i've <laughs> ever been a part of because it was just uh, fun to be able to put that together and uh, rock it out in the challenge as far as um the most impactful book is the first book that uh, I ever read. Uh, that was a business book. Uh, my mom gave it to me and it's uh, Think and Grow Rich, man. It's yeah. Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. And I read that probably once a year, maybe once every two years. Uh, it's it's dog-eared and just worn down to pieces, but uh, it is uh, is probably one of the most impactful books that I've ever read. And I continue to read it and I continue to advise people to read it because all the other self-help books that are out there, they're all based on that. Yeah, exactly. It's, and it's amazing how many people have been impacted by that book and people don't even realize it. And then not just that, it's like the, like you said, the, how many things have spun off from that that have helped people and that it all comes back to that book. It does. It does. Well, I owe a lot of my success to that book. It's just, it's manifest and, and you know, what, what your mind can believe it can achieve, what you can conceive and believe you can achieve. Right. So it's, it's exactly the same thing. It's, I'm a big believer in manifestation. I'm a big believer in, in, in putting the thoughts out into your, into the universe because the universe will deliver exactly what you're thinking about all the time. Right. Awesome. Well, I believe this is a great episode and I can right. visualize that and I know that we're going to achieve that. So uh, definitely check out the, the challenge. So we'll put the link to that below so people can check that out. And thank you for being on as, as a guest. It was really great. And uh, it was great to have a different perspective from the, from the team perspective. So I appreciate that uh, insight. And uh, if anyone wants to check you out, we'll put your information below as well. All right. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Brian. It's such a uh, pleasure. And thank you so much for being a guest speaker on the challenge too. That was awesome. Can't, can't wait to share that with our audience. Awesome. All right, thanks. Ciao for now. Thanks for checking out today's episode. If you'd like more videos like this, be sure to sub- like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Facebook page and our other social media channels. Looking forward to bringing you more great content like this and happy farming. <laughs>